The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Despite some technical difficulties and some of those long lineups, there are some Alberta seniors who are really feeling a lot more hopeful now about being about moving forward, about getting this vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine, and hopefully getting back to normal, seeing family, hugging grandchildren, all the things that they've been missing. So we're going to talk with Dr. Brent McDonald, who's a lead psychologist at McDonald Psychology Group. In just, just a second, he's just on the line. I just wanted to sort of set up where some of these people are coming from with dealing with some of those difficulties first. So these these are comments that were from yesterday by most accounts. Uh, the situation seems to be a lot better today, at least as uh, as far as those lineups are concerned. But boy, that was frustrating for some. There was one clinic in North Edmonton that people who arrived for those opponents uh, ended up seeing like, huge lines just snaked around the building. And uh, Jane Greenos was uh, was waiting for her husband as he lined up for his appointment. She says she was among people who'd been waiting at that point for more than an hour. It's just a total exercise in frustration. It's the least organized thing I've ever experienced. And you know what? It's not as if they didn't know this was going to happen. There are people in line that can't stand. You know, people that have a bad hip. This is absolutely, utterly ridiculous. I had to deal with it. Flora Rizzuto took her husband to that North Edmonton clinic for his appointment. Said there were a couple of factors that seemed to help things stay fairly calm. I see them bringing their lawn chairs. Luckily, they were smart enough to do that, to wait in line. And it happens to be a beautiful day. And so people, I guess, don't mind waiting in line. But on a cold Edmonton uh, winter day, I'm not sure how this would work. Well, today with that wind chill at around minus 25, wouldn't work very well. Fortunately, again, as I say, things to be a bit better. So Dr. Brad McDonald, thank you so much for your patience and for, for staying on the line as we, we ran through some of those. But uh, you know, that frustration overwhelming the joy. I guess it's a bit of a battle, but uh, which one wins? I would think the joy eventually. Well, eventually. Um, and first of all, pleasure for having me on it and, and a pleasure to chat. Um, but yeah, absolutely. The the um, the hopefulness and the optimism that comes with something like, okay, we're getting a vaccine is immense. It's really, really powerful. And then just at the last minute, they hit that barrier of, well, we can't get registered online. Or if you do finally get registered online or through, uh, through calling, uh, then you end up in this two-hour line or three-hour line in some cases, because uh, we've had some of the situations here in Calgary uh, that you've just described in Edmonton there and you know it's you're, you're that close to the finish line you know or what I mean let's call it not call it a finish line but you're getting that close to a point where there's going to be a little bit more optimism a little bit more hope and it's within reach and you just can't quite get there um and I have to say fair play to all those folks who did wait in line I mean like your interview we said there earlier it's it's one thing if it's a nice day and only in Edmonton and Calgary would we say you know it's a nice day in February um but <laughs> you know the reality is it's you know it's um it's cold. It's February, and we're asking our most vulnerable folks and, and our seniors to stand in line to wait for a vaccine. Uh, you know that's 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 frustrating, absolutely frustrating. But hopefully, the and I think most of us, the optimism, the hope is seriously significantly outweighing the the frustration because the frustration will pass within a few hours, but the hope will last for a lot longer. So, what do you suggest as a coping mechanism for for dealing with that kind of thing? Uh, just you know, power through. You're going to get your shot and move on, or, or what would you suggest? Well, one of the things one of the things I, I just mentioned actually is just looking at the short term, you know, frustration compared mm-hmm. to the long term gain, right? So we've been in this for a year now. Um, 
And it's been a really hard, long, frustrating, unpleasant, deadly year for a lot of folks. Um, And, you know, for us to now have to wait for a little bit longer to get ourselves registered online, to wait a little bit longer until our, our group gets called ahead, to wait a little bit longer in a lineup, knowing that the, at the end of the lineup, there is a vaccine waiting for you, even though that lineup is outside and it's cold. You know, um, from a psychological perspective, that short-term pain, we live with it in the moment, but then we can, again, move past that if we reflect upon how long it's taken us to get here in the first place. So how do you deal with sort of the lost time? That's been an entire year. So, you know, as, as an example, if you're a senior, uh, clearly, uh, you know, yeah. death comes for all of us eventually, right? Uh, which is a harsh mm-hmm. way of saying it. But you, know, you have, you have these, these very important special years. Uh, then you don't always have, uh, you don't know how many more there are. How do you deal with sort of that loss or not being able to see a grandchild uh, growing up in a really, really developmental stage? All of those kind of things, you know, uh, there, there have to be some coping mechanisms for that as well beyond you just have to accept reality and move forward. But, uh, you know, do, yeah. do you deal with those kind of issues? Well, we have to consider there's a lot of grandparents out there, for example, who missed their grandkids or great-grandkids, uh, the terrible twos, for example. They missed that altogether. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I say that meaning that's a, that's an important part of a kid's life and because Absolutely, the kids missed yeah. out on this too, right? Like everyone's missing out. Um, so it's not as easy to say, well, just kind of suck it up and, and deal with it because that's not particularly helpful advice and it's not accurate either um however having said that i'm also a sort of an eternal optimist and optimism you know is a major factor in longevity so the more optimistic we are broadly speaking the longer we tend to live and more quality of life we have Mm -hmm. so if we look at it from an optimistic perspective of you know it's been a year i've not been able to spend time with my grandkids or my own children or with my friends or other community members whatever it's been a year i haven't had that that means with what time i have left i'm going to maximize that time i'm going to really truly enjoy spoiling my kids and my grandkids i'm going to really enjoy playing cards with my friends and doing all these things that we've been so missing over the past year but actually taking enhanced pleasure in it and make it much more meaningful because it's kind of that like you never know how well you are until you've been sick right and mm-hmm. I would suggest the same, the same idea applies here. It's like if you suffer through an illness, then you really value your health. And I think the same thing happens here. If we've suffered through a year of social isolation because of the virus and the, and the, the restrictions, then now we're in a position where we can really enjoy the, the time that we get to serve people outside of our bubbles. Do you think people consciously uh, make make a choice uh, sometimes between embracing joy and optimism or wallowing in in anger and frustration? Is that an actual choice do we make, or at least we we can make a choice if we recognize it? I would think. Everything is a choice. I mean, no no one is going to force you into a bad mood. That's a choice. Um, but no one can force you into a good mood either. That's also a choice. Hmm. Uh, and I don't mean to sound particularly glib about that, but it is nope. it's an important consideration, right, that we can have the, the freedom to make our own choices around our mood states. Do, does life uh, hit us hard sometimes? Absolutely, without question. Can we find the opportunity in there? Yeah. 
we can, but we have to look for it hard sometimes. Um, you know, the the idea of the the optimist is the person who looks at the glass being half full. Um, you could argue, well, it depends on what it's half full of, right? It's all about the quality. <laughs> so, you know, if, if it's a glass half full of water and you're thirsty, hey, that's great. If it's a, it's a, if it's a glass full of something unpleasant, medicine or something like that that you don't want to try, ugh, you know, um, <laughs> it, it's, it, then then you've got a, a, a half glass of, of unpleasant stuff. So that's there is a lot of choice there, um, yeah. and a lot of that's shaped by our experiences. So if we've had opportunities in our lives to uh, experience the, the the pleasure and the joy of of um, community, for example, then we're going to make that active choice to pursue that more. Some people do seem to, in a weird way, get pleasure from um, being miserable. Uh, mm. I I you know I work with a lot of folks who. Um, and there's not, not necessarily people with depression, but it's people who seem to actively seek out uh, disappointment and uh, frustration. I'm curious, yeah. for yourself or any of your colleagues or other therapists and that kind of thing, has it been a much busier year? Have more people been trying to get some help, get some, some guidance through some of the emotional trauma that we've all been going through? You know, it's interesting. Most of my work is with uh, children, young adults, so school-age kids through adolescence um, and and young adult years. And by and large, uh, you know, they've struggled, to be sure, just like anyone. Um, but they've been much more adaptive, right? They kind of just go work, like the rules change and they'll go with the change the rules and they're, they're fine with it. The adults in their lives, their teachers, their parents, their grandparents have been much more challenged by this. Um, so... My practice, for example, I've been seeing a lot more parents and teachers and professionals than I have been kids in many ways mm. this year, simply because they're the ones who are having a, a tough time with making the adjustments and the changes, and they're overwhelmed. And I get it. I, we've all been there, right? Mm. Um, where you know there are so many demands and there's so much uncertainty, particularly around the economy and people losing work and or un, under being underemployed or unemployed. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. So um, that's been a, a lot of the work I've been doing as a therapist has been around um, developing some, some effective coping skills to deal with these ongoing, unpredictable changes. Yeah. You know, with a lot of kids, too. I mean, the technology and communicating with their friends through technology is is just what they would do anyway. So suddenly, you know, it's not like a Zoom meeting, but they're playing a video game and then conferencing through it. So a lot of that isn't it, it, it's easier for them adapting, I think, in a way. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Like they're, they're born to be uh, flexible, right? Like the, the, the way the human mind works is the younger we are, the more we can learn and adapt, the older we get, the more rigid we get. Um, I, I mean, we can prevent that by being active, engaged learners through our lifespan. But uh, for a lot of folks, by the time you're in your 50s and 60s and 70s, your thinking is really quite rigid. So if anything goes off, you're not in a position to really adapt to that situation. Give me a takeaway. Uh, you know, if anybody who's listening, they've gone through frustrations. They've either been angry or frustrated with the system or frustrated with COVID in and of itself. Uh, is it, it can't be as simple as embrace joy, can it? Uh, if it were, boy, that would be great. <laughs> but yeah, that's well, not the case. Enough. That'd be um, easy. I, I, think the, I think the ultimate takeaway is that the finish line is that much closer now than it was a year ago. Right, we're far closer to the end of this than we are than we are to the start. We have to hang on for a little bit longer, just a little bit longer. You know, it's pushing through that last kilometer of the marathon. We're almost there. We can do it. We're strong. We've been resilient. We're going to continue to be resilient. Um, and the benefits 
are going to be that hug you get from your grandkid. It's yeah. going to be the, the first meal you get uh, as a family that you haven't had in a year. So there's lots, there's lots of positives out there. Um, I don't want to be so naive as to say just have a positive attitude and whistle yeah. while you work kind of thing. That's too simplistic. Um, but we all, Because we also have to honour some of the stressors and the challenges and the losses yeah. that we've had. But it's a start. It's a start, and uh, you're right. Reality, but also, uh, yeah, finally, at least we have a little optimism. <laughs> it's nice to have that. Uh, Dr. Brent McDonald, psychologist, thank you so much for your time and, uh, and some of your insights today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Anytime, Daryl.